Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Hey, it's me. <laughs> that was my guest, but <laughs> I thought you were speaking to me. You, you did. So you think you're everybody? Yes, a little bit. So it's kind of like, uh, what's that? I'm every woman. Oh, it's, it's all, all in, in me. exactly. Anyways, uh, <laughs> welcome to an episode of On Ramping with D. It's been a solid four months since I had a new one of these come out. Um, but I'm back on the horse now. And if you're unfamiliar with on ramping with D, if you're new to the network, this is a show I thought up while I was on the bidet and I thought to myself, you know, what would it be like for somebody who owned a bicycle and was way into bikes and horse and carriage? And they kept hearing about this thing called the automobile, this new technology that was sweeping the nation and they, they had never seen it or never talked to anyone. Um, that had one and I wanted to know what the mind frame of that person is. And then they finally see an automobile cross the road and they're like, Oh wow, that's kind of neat, but they don't know much about it. <laughs> so that's what the show is about. It's on ramping. Cause that person had to be on ramped to automobiles. And I feel like in this day and age, people need to be on ramped to Bitcoin because the mass media is going to say a bunch of things that most likely just aren't true about the current state of Bitcoin. So Fake news. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, uh, wrong, <laughs> wrong again. Fake news. Jaina, Jaina. Um, sorry. I like to do Trump impressions. So, um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest. I've known this woman for a very long time. She has a special place in my heart. Aww. Uh, her name is Rebecca Butler. So, Rebecca, would you would you please introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and what you do and how we know each other? Okay, my name is Rebecca Butler. I am currently living in Jefferson City, Missouri. 
I am a nurse right now working in Jerry Psych. I know very little about Bitcoin, but I'm definitely here to learn. Um, I know that D has just this huge knowledge on the foundation of Bitcoin and and I'm willing to learn from him so I can kind of invest more as my career goes and kind of spread the wealth amongst many kind of stocks and whatnot. So that's why I'm here. It's important you said that because yeah. Bitcoin really has like three three arenas where it does battle. It's a, it's a cash currency. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an investment tool. Some people use it as an investment tool. I kind of fall under that umbrella. And it's also a new technology. Right. Mm -hmm. So people have figured out that the, the computer science principles that it's built upon actually work for things outside of money, too. Um, but it just so happens that because it has an eight value, it helps. Right. It's, a, it's it's akin to can you imagine if this were 1979 and somebody said, hey, uh, Becky, I know uh, this guy is crazy. You can invest in this thing called email. <laughs> And it's going to be crazy. Like everyone's going to be using email left and right. You put your name and you put this little at symbol thing. And then it's like, it's crazy. Like you can write a message and it goes straight to that person. Yeah, exactly. So what Bitcoin it's is, Bitcoin is kind of like being able to invest in email mm -hmm. because it's a protocol that exists on the internet or with the, the internet. The main thing for me with Bitcoin that I guess I don't understand, like I understand kind of the similarities between cryptocurrency and then like your physical cash money that you get. Um, but I think what I have a problem wrapping my head around is like the value of Bitcoin. Like I know everybody puts value in money because we all kind of have this shared concept of this is worth something. And so we exchange it as it is worth something. But with Bitcoin for me, I don't know if it's because it's not tangible, but like where, what is kind of like the value with it? If you, do you see what I'm saying? So what you said is very interesting. And that boils down to like how you define money. And one of the things that Bitcoin is actually doing in real time we get to witness this in real time is challenging that concept, right? Yeah. So you said something interesting. You said we all kind of have this shared illusion. Yeah. You know, we all just agree that a dollar is a dollar, right? Yeah. And then we can take that further. We agree that like one dollar is, what is it, like eight pesos or whatever. I don't yeah. know. 80 pesos. I, I can't remember that exchange rate, but it's a shared illusion, right? Mm-hmm. That's really no different with Bitcoin. Okay. Um, at, at at the bare bones of it, it has its value now because of a shared illusion of how many people, thousands upon thousands, probably hundreds of thousands at this point, have a shared upon illusion that that is the value of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Now, there are some economic principles that go into why it keeps going up. So is that kind of am I? I'm gleaning like that's kind of like where well, your question would like to head, or you just want to know why it has value. Period. Well, I just kind of, I guess, like I said, I'm just kind of new to cryptocurrency. But now that actually you brought that topic up, I'm kind of also wanting to know what happened, kind of like late fall yet last year with Bitcoin, because everything kind of just, I guess, turned into a shit show. Like I don't know necessarily what happened. Like stocks dropped and then people were trying to back out of it and then you know 
um, the, you know, the price wasn't as high as it as it was previously, say, like the beginning of last year. Oh, no, no, no. So that's, you're talking late last year and the beginning yeah. of this year. So late yeah. last year, the price was really, really high. And this mm-hmm. year, there's been a 60%, anywhere between a 50 to 70% drop off since then. And uh, those are what we like to call uh, hype cycles in our little community, our little crypto community. But not necessarily hype cycles, um, adoption cycles, um, uh, all-time high cycles. I don't know however you want to dictate it, but every once in a while, and right now it's looking in and around three to four years, uh, mm-hmm. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies get a price spike. Okay. There's liquidity events. Mm-hmm. and And so... Let me tell you what causes that. Um, so Bitcoin's a deflationary currency. Okay. You know, unlike dollars, which are inflationary. Okay. Right. Got so it. so you're actually incentivized to spend dollars as fast as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Because the same ten dollars that our parents grew up with mm. is definitely not the same ten dollars today, right? Like I remember going to the grocery store. My parents would send like 300 bucks and that's a whole month's worth of groceries. Yeah. I went to the grocery store the other day. It was like $130 and I got like two weeks worth. <laughs> Not even that. Yeah. It was it was like a week's worth of groceries. I was right back in the grocery store. Yeah. If it was two weeks, it'd be like less than that, but less than the $300 a month. But it's a week for me. Nevertheless, go- we see the trend, right? Like yeah. things are getting more expensive uh, because of inflation. And inflation is roughly three percent a year. So every 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 uh, year, roughly your dollar was worth three percent less. Has three percent less purchasing power, hmm. right? Well, Bitcoin is different. Um, Bitcoin is a deflationary currency. So unlike inflationary currencies like the dollar that can be mm-hmm. printed at infinitum, right? Every month mm-hmm. we're printing new dollar bills. Yeah. Just to stave inflation or maybe create faux inflation. I don't really know how it works, and nobody does. Uh, which I think is funny is because nobody really knows how our economy works, but they shit on Bitcoin. Like it's like, you know, you go to somebody on the street and you're like, how does the reserve bank work? And they're like, I don't know. It's a, it's a bank we don't use. It's in reserve, bro. But so and you can know. monitor that with uh, Bitcoin. Can you say what? So you can monitor like the, how Bitcoin is, you said it's a deflation kind of tactic. You can monitor that. Like, am I able to monitor it? Instance, what do you mean by monitor? Like you said that if you go to someone on the street and you ask them how the reserve works, they'll say, well, I don't really know. But mm-hmm. can I, for instance, I guess either researcher from you, uh, find out how that works with Bitcoin? Like how does like how does that work? Like why is it deflationary? Yeah. I got you, fam. <laughs> tell, right. me, tell me. So let me start. In the beginning, there was a big, no, I'm kidding. There was a big bang. There was, it was a small, in the <laughs> be, it was a small software upload. <laughs> now, okay, so one, first thing we need to know, Bitcoin, 21 million of them only ever. Now, one Bitcoin goes down to the millionth decimal point, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually 21 million million mm-hmm. units total. That's total space, right? But let's just stick with 21 million. It's a nice round number. Okay. Now, that means that it's scarce. Mm -hmm. Right? 
So one of the reasons gold took off, right? Like gold was a very popular form of currency for a very long time. And it took off because it's scarce, right? There's only so much gold. So if somebody had giant piles of gold and it was real, you were like, dang. Yeah. That guy's loaded. Right? It was more valuable because it was so scarce. Exactly. It's not exactly easy to pull that out of the ground. We all know about the gold rush out to Cali in the States. Um, I'm sure there were gold, similar gold rushes all over the world, Hmm. but it was easy. It's scarce and it's not easy to pull out of the ground. Right. So it made it have value. Bitcoin is scarce and it's not exactly easy to introduce new Bitcoin into circulation nowadays either. Hmm. So that's what's giving it increasing value. So let's break that down. Right. So when it first started Bitcoin, there were 50 new Bitcoin introduced into circulation every 10 minutes. Hmm. Every four years, roughly, that cuts in half. Okay. So there's 25 Bitcoin introduced into circulation, and then uh, then that got cut in half. I believe we're at 12.5 Bitcoin every yeah. 10 minutes come okay. into circulation. And that last happening was in 2016, I mm-hmm. believe. Oof. I need to go back and look at that. But roughly every four years, a happening occurs. And what that means is like the supply that is being introduced into the total circulating supply of Bitcoin is, is cut in half. That rate is cut in half. Okay. Right. And so you remember from econ class, senior year of high school, right? Never had it. Where did you go? You went to school in Missouri? <laughs> I did. Okay, so every single school board member in Missouri needs to be fired. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. What the fuck, you. man? How does he I'm not have even, econ? I'm not even kidding. Like, no. It was like Agricultural Farmers of America was like what you joined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, because that many people are farming nowadays. What's I mean, going on in Missouri? Not going to use this, but Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm getting the basic concept of what you're telling me, and it's actually making sense what you're saying, because, so, so, since it has every so couple of years, Mm -hmm. um, you're saying that, that the happening, is that what you called it? Okay, so, the happening is what we call it, not the happening, that's a movie, a very bad one, but, (laughs) um, the happening, so, and that's like a community term, we just made Mm -hmm. it up, let's call it the happening, whatever, so, um, so think about it like this, right? If there were only 15 of a thing. Yeah. Right? And like 100 people wanted one of those 15 things. Mm-hmm. That means those 15 things would be pretty valuable, right? Exactly. Because the demand for them is high. Mm-hmm. Right? As to where if there were 15,000 things. Exactly. And only 100 people wanted them. Then that yeah. means the price on those things would be pretty low, right? Because nobody yeah. really, there'd be so many of those things, you know, what makes one more valuable than the other? So that's a basic rundown of like supply demand. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. So then like, so the halvening, it, the, is it the, the decrease happens when new Bitcoin is introduced into circulation? Is that what you're kind of saying? So yes, every 10 minutes there's new Bitcoin. Every 10 minutes. It's yeah. rocking, baby. In fact, let's do some quick napkin math. If we take 12.5, multiply that by the 
current price about 7.7 thousand every 10 minutes 96,250 dollars boom okay so that makes sense so you, mm -hmm. and you said the last time was in 2016 so we're looking about every is it I'm four guessing, years it's every four years so the next oh, one should be 2020 four. okay i think it's 20 yeah i think it was 2016 or 2015 i honestly can't remember at this point it's been a while i've been doing this a while but um so that's coming soon and so what happens is is that's going to decrease all the way up until we get to the maximum amount of bitcoin yeah. um which would be 21 million okay um now that's a cr increasing um let's say what's the word i'm looking for here logarithmically so uh we should be at we should be close to the maximum somewhere late 2020s so like okay. 2027 2028 gotcha but Okay. Nevertheless, makes... right? So yeah. there's only so many Bitcoin, right? And it's scarce. Mm -hmm. And it's and there's another value proposition that people are dramatically underselling, and that's the fact that it's what we like to call immutable, decentralized, and censorship resistant. And all of those three things, in a nutshell, mean no one entity owns or controls it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So unlike the dollar... If somebody's using USD in a way we don't like, we can shut them down. Mm -hmm. Or for political or strategic or uh, let's call it trade war, that, that word seems to be thrown around. Even if we do like them, we can still shut down some of their monetary processes. Like, or you know, There's yeah. all kinds of things that can happen when a one central entity controls a thing. Yeah. But with Bitcoin, nobody controls it. I like that idea. I, I, I love that you brought that up because it's nice to think about like a multitude of people owning it. And so everybody kind of gets a say in what happens with cryptocurrency. Then like you just brought up with like the dollar with, for instance, you think about like the 1% of being so rich and being able to dictate lots of politics what and whatnot. Um, but with Bitcoin, if, you know, we were ever to get to the point where the majority of us use that as a currency uh things that could change because of that is cool to think about it is it, there's yeah. this is a very large experiment that's happening right now that we're getting to witness in real time it's a it's a science and it's a it's an experiment in computer science in distributed consensus right like all these computers yeah. have to sync together <laughs> to tell the same story Mm -hmm. That's a huge experiment. And then we have these uh, moderately psychological experiments between people that, you know, like uh, believe in the dollar versus believe in like saving a deflationary currency. Because don't get me wrong. I know my Bitcoin is going to be worth more in the future, mm -hmm. but it doesn't prevent me from spending it now. I just spend it much more intelligently. Yeah. Right. If I'm going to the gas station to get a bag of flaming hots, I'm not spending Bitcoin on it. I'm spend dollars on that shit. Yeah. If I'm trying to prove a point, I'll spend Bitcoin on it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not, I'll just spend dollars on that whack shit. Okay. So how often, for instance, now would you be spending Bitcoin? Like, cause you said, like, I, if I want to prove a point, I'll spend some Bitcoin. Uh, what maybe one to four times a month. And I really watch it on price fluctuations. So if the price is going, it goes up 10 to 15%. I'm more likely to spend some Bitcoin. Okay. Right. If not, then no. And I also I buy so much every month. So, you know, it, it kind of balances out so that I'm always stacking Bitcoin. Got you. And does it kind of, because I, 
was kind of looking at where cryptocurrency is most used in the U.S. And they're kind of saying mostly in New York and also San Francisco. But, you know, I just feel so limited with not being able to spend it because of maybe where I'm at, uh, mm-hmm. Jefferson City, Missouri. And I just feel like just save it, save it, save it. Like I'm not even spending anything of it. You know, that's fine. Um, so let's take take the clock back a little bit. Not take the clock back, but let's 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 branch off just a little bit and let's talk about what is money. Yeah. So money or currency, not money, but currency is defined as something that has a store value. It is also a medium of exchange and it is a unit of account. All three of those things, right? Mm-hmm. So since the dollar is a global reserve, right? A dollar yeah. today is a dollar tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's the denominator, baby. Gotcha. You know, like it's it, it is what it is. It's also a medium of exchange. Hey, mm-hmm. you sir, I would gladly take those alpaca socks in exchange <laughs> for five of my dollars. And then I hand him the five, and I get the alpaca socks. It is the medium of exchange. Yeah, for services. So Service- now. Yet for services and unit of account, I go into my checkbook and I write five under the withdrawal column and he goes into his and he writes five under the uh, deposit column. Right. Yeah. We can account for how value is being exchanged. Mm. Now, that process that goes from for to get those three things takes time. Mm. Right. Nobody just, nobody woke, nobody dug into mountains for gold coins and gold bullions, right? Yeah. It's not like when you dig in the earth, they come out shiny with some dead president's face on it, (laughs) right? It's a gold nugget. It's a lump of gold. And it took enough people and enough time for people deciding that these lumps of gold were valuable that they started to use them as medium exchanges, chipping out, chipping off gold and giving people gold dust or gold chips and then it was like okay this is whack let's come up with a unit of account so like this little if it's round like this it's worth so it's so much or if it's a little if it's round but a little bit bigger it's worth this much you know what i mean it becomes a unit of account Mm -hmm. and so bitcoin is still struggling to get to the store of value point Mm -hmm. on this small time reference because of all this volatility, right? Like you look at you look at your crypto account one day and you're like, holy shit, I am going to the moon, baby. I'm going <laughs> to buy a country. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this money. I'm going to buy a, I'll buy a TV station. Fuck it. It'll be. It'll I, like be- see, I just like to see it increase because I'm like, look at this savings that I'm not going to touch, but look at it. It's just nice to see it grow. Even if like I don't use it. It's just nice to say, like, see that I'm accumulating like this little extra cushion money that I didn't have previously. Absolutely. And that's going to keep happening and keep happening time and time. These extreme upsides that you saw last year, Mm -hmm. I've been through one of those before. It was marvelous. I thought I was going to be a Persian king. (laughs) I was like, this is going to be great, man. I don't know. How many how many of these different animals make for good carpet? <laughs> because I want them all, baby. No, I'm kidding. You have you start having think you start thinking thoughts like that. But those that happens, and then when it drops off, it does drop off severely. But you'll notice is that the new high, the new low is higher than the previous high. And what I mean by that is yeah. 
at the beginning of 2017, the price of one Bitcoin was $1,000. The price mm-hmm. of one Bitcoin currently is like $7,700, right? Yeah, yeah. It has room to go down some more, which if it does, it'd be fine. But I guarantee you it's not going back down to 1000 which means if you bought 1000 last year and it's still mm-hmm. above that, congratulations, Good. you have more yeah. value than you did the year before. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's also my problem is I need to look at it more in trends like that than just seeing your account balance go down because that's like how you're saying is a very smart way to look at it like i'm still in the positive in a sense than i was when i first purchased it so there you go there you go boom so we talked a lot about the investment aspect of it so let's talk about the currency aspect of it or Mm -hmm. it being cash right um so it's a pseudonymous currency which means that when you spend bitcoin it's detached from your financial identity right Mm. so if i go to a website and they take bitcoin um i will pay for the stuff in Bitcoin um, just to get myself used to a time when that's just going to be the norm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we've all heard about the hacks. Target was hacked. Lowe's was hacked. Home Depot was hacked. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fucking 1-800-Flowers was hacked. They're all get hacked. Uh, the damn Equifax was hacked. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We need to be able to use a financial instrument that is detached from our financial identity. In the Western world, that's yeah. probably the best value proposition is that if you live in the States... You're constantly being attacked for your your financial identity is under attack. It always mm-hmm. is. You know, people in our age group, I think it's something irrational. Like it's over fifty percent chance that we get our identity tickled with online. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, if you use Bitcoin, you're it's detached. Um, it takes a hell of a lot of resources and time to find you if you use Bitcoin in an unintelligent way. But it's a pseudonymous currency. And also, um, let's talk about the act of it being a, a, a currency, right? A medium exchange. So mm-hmm. if I want to send Bitcoin to you, right? As soon as I send my Bitcoin from my wallet to your wallet, that transaction is broadcast through the entire Bitcoin network. Hmm. It goes into well, this thing called a memory pool. And you can think the memory pool is the nightclub hangout spot for everybody's transactions. Yeah. Right? They're not really boozing up and looking to get down mm-hmm. in the wee hours of the morning but they are waiting to be confirmed so with that memory pool because i guess i'm just kind of getting confused with i guess your last statement so if it's detached from the identity if i'm able to send it to somebody and that goes and it's kind of broadcast uh i guess i'm having just trouble with that because wouldn't that mean that people could view it like view your um Kind of like who you're sending it to and whatnot. Absolutely. So, so the only thing they view is your address. Okay. Gotcha. Your public, your public facing Bitcoin address. And that looks like a random string of alphanumeric characters. Okay. It's it would sound something like this. One Z Y three W F G eight zero. It's okay. just re it's re I think it's twenty. Six characters? You sure you're know, not, it's been so long since I remember that. You're just huh? thinking of the alphabet. I'm thinking of the alphabet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. I don't... Hold on. Let me... That could be Googleable. <laughs> let me... That's something I should know at the top of my head, but... Nevertheless, not to get too convoluted in the details, it's a very yeah. long alphanumeric string, string yeah. and um, that's all they see, right? Okay. So for accounting purposes... If you and I ever need to arbitrate, like if there's ever some arbitration, you're like, hey, man, did you pay me? 
I'll say, mm -hmm. yes, I paid you. Look on the blockchain. Here's my address. Here's your address. Look on the blockchain. And you could see that. You could see that we've that I paid you. Right? Okay. I get it. So it's just like proof of purchase. Pretty thing. much. And okay. You also get something called a transaction ID, right? So every time you make a transaction with someone, that transaction has a very uh, specific ID that only belongs to it. Mm -hmm. And you could say, hey, I paid you. Here's the transaction ID. They could take that transaction ID and go to a blockchain explorer mm -hmm. and look at the Bitcoin blockchain. And it'll say, yep, this address paid this address at this time. Okay. Huh. Right. So that's kind of how. It kind of works as like a like a currency, right? Or yeah. that'd be more so like the medium of exchange. Mm -hmm. Now, there's the unit account of that is that however many Bitcoin left my hands, it went into your hands. So something was an output from me, mm -hmm. but an input to you. Yeah. Right? Unit of account. And so it already has all of these features of a good currency built in. It's just not there yet when it comes to how humans are using it. I got right? you. And the faith aspect of currency. So, yeah. So it's just like you said earlier, it's just we're in the beginning stages of basically getting more people to have faith in this currency so it can obtain more value. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So, what, what other questions do you have about Bitcoin? There's got to be more. Dang, D, you already like answered. This was already a great conversation for me just because I feel like I understand it more in the terms of money. I think that's always been just a problem for me because it's when you see money and it's tangible and you can see the services rendered for what you're giving someone, it's easy to believe in to believe in it. But with cryptocurrency, you know, it's just a little different because you're like, where is the faith back to value of this? How am I getting services for this kind of imaginary money i'm sorry to say it like that it's not imaginary money but it's like I'm why not... are you making fun of my money <laughs> i don't mean imaginary money i'm sorry but it's like you know what i mean like it's just a different kind of concept and but with you saying like that it's in its beginning stages and you explaining like gold when we first found it there was no value they were just rocks and until multiple people instill this value in it and then you know everybody believes in it and then it becomes valuable and so that makes more sense to me um along the lines of cryptocurrency and then like you said going through like the proof of purchase and I'm, me being able to prove that i bought something uh just all of that is just helpful because that's information that i didn't know before just because honestly i i don't think i researched it well enough but well, that's that why i'm here that's what the show for tell your friends Tell, you, yes, tell everybody. It makes, makes me more confident in wanting to spend it. It makes me more confident in wanting to buy it. Um, and like I said, even the trends, knowing that I'm technically always in a positive than when I first started, that helps too. It makes me more confident to use it. So, I mean, I unless you want to talk about something, you got me. I'm good. I really am. <laughs> I feel so much better about because now I want to spend it, but not like, you know, don't go out of control now. Your five dollar um, bag of Jolly Ranchers could turn into a fifty five bag in like three years, and you're yeah. shooting yourself in the foot, right? It would still be a good investment, I feel like. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. oh, the Jolly Ranchers would be a great yeah. investment. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I feel like I said, I just feel more confident in using it, and 
before even this conversation, it was just me wanting to see an increase, increase, increase in the numbers. But now knowing, like I said, that there's always going to be like some sort of dip in the trend and that I'm still good and that it's better for me to spend it is is helpful. Spend it every now and again. It's supposed yeah. to be money after all. But I do want to address something you said. Yeah. The tangible nature of it. Yeah. How tangible is the money that you spend right now? And okay, I get it because it's an illusion, especially with cash. Like if you think about debit or credit, it's kind of the same concept of you can't see it. All of the value is literally in a plastic card. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know. I I really can't tell you like what it is about my mindset that's like cryptocurrency is like, I don't want to say not real, but it just feels like it's not. It feels that way. But I understand that. Like, again, it's new, and that's part of why it it's it has value, but not many people are investing in it, and I understand that part. And so, yeah. yeah. And there's another – the only thing right now that gives the USD value, right? Not the only thing, but the thing on paper that we put on paper, and we went off the gold standard, I think, in 68, mm-hmm. and that thing is – the full faith in the government yeah. of the United States. That's what backs a dollar. If you if you go look on, look look at the document. And that makes me nervous. So I mean, I like. <laughs> yeah. Why does it make you nervous? Is it because of China, or is it because of fake news? It look. If I can buy all the Bitcoin right now, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but. I do like my main concept that I like really about that Bitcoin is the fact that you did say that like a multitude of people can have it. And so the power isn't in just like one person's hand. Like that's my favorite part that you've said today about Bitcoin. That's made me be like, I should probably invest more in this because it's not even like me trying to have all the power. It's just that like I just feel like not everybody can be corrupt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> if we can all get in on this, then some, you know, I just think good can come of it. You're right. You're you touch right. on some very, very, you know, things that we can really go at depth on. Not everyone can be corrupt. That's a biggie, right? Because that, yeah. that falls into this thing called game theory, which is a discipline of economics uh, that is crossed with the discipline of mathematics that basically outlines how situations play out right and we could we could really go into depth about that so we won't talk about that necessarily um but i will say that bitcoin is built with the idea that you can't trust anyone yeah in mind and the the way the game is built when it comes to how how you play the bitcoin game is you don't trust anyone and think everyone's selfish but just by participating it ends up incentivizing you uh, because you gain value in the end. And we can go into all that. But I hope people listening to this show that are a little bit more, um, you know, familiar with Bitcoin, go and dive deep, uh, dive deep into uh, yeah. the and gamification get, of Bitcoin and why people, it's so amazing. But, get more people into it. Because you're right. Like, the, if one person has all the power, like with the U.S. dollar, you end up with a space force that no one's going to use. And you don't need. <laughs> Careful. Careful now. Like, I'm trying to. I just applied to the space force now. <laughs> you just applied? Okay. Well, I'm just saying. It's just, I, like I said, that's my favorite part of this conversation is that, like, 
just the like equal power. I love that. So anyway, yeah. Or distributed power. Distributed I, I'm in the camp power. that um, there will always be haves and have-nots. Yeah. It doesn't matter what system you're under. That's always just that's just how cookies crumble, baby. Some yeah. people get a little bit of the crumble, and some people show up to the party and like, what happens to all the cookies? Exactly. And we're like, oh man, I guess you can have this chocolate that's on the side of my lip if you can get that off with your finger or something. But no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, this was a quick on ramping. Um, I actually sent you some Bitcoin years ago, so you I know I knew did. that you had it. Yeah, and, I mean, and we I set it. this that's up a, so. That's- that's what I check. Like every, like you sent me like twenty dollars worth or something, like two years ago, and your girl was up to like eight hundred dollars. I was like, "What the hell is happening?" I was like <laughs> so excited. I'm like, oh, yeah? "I'm gonna retire early." Did you walk around like a Wakandan queen? Gosh, I was like... gonna shave my head and everything. I was ready to go, but I was just like, "This is awesome!" And then that like it kind of hit me and then I like when the trend went down and I was like I don't understand what happened but now it just it makes sense and I'm in it for the long haul so yeah and when that goes down when it when it goes down like that that's people selling off to take their profits which yeah. is something that we actually um are starting to agree with here at the not starting to uh, we have this saying on our network we say it on several shows and that's hodl plus hold plus right so you hold enough bitcoin so that you have a core position that you that is deflationary and not exposed to traditional financial markets and then when whenever that position gets into a point where you can make noticeable changes in your life then you sell some and you make those noticeable changes in your life so that is what we subscribe to and that's what we're going to put out there in the ether so um Nevertheless, I don't want to get too far off that. So I hope I answered all your questions. You did. Bitcoin's deflationary. Uh, mm-hmm. How new Bitcoin? I didn't go into mining. That's something I usually go into. However, it didn't seem like you'd be interested in that either. It's kind of like boring comp size stuff. So, um, and the investment, like in trends and stuff like that, like that. I think to me, just you just put a lot of worries to rest. I guess about it. So for me, I or like I said, I already feel more confident in just using it. Cool. Well, yeah. Becky, um, Rebecca, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you for swinging by on Rampant with D. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hell, you should join the Slack, man. We have a good time in there. Actually, no, you're a professional. You work for a living. No, I'm uh, kidding. Sometimes yeah. the Slack it, it eats up. If you're, it eats up days with, with a conversation. Sometimes, <laughs> at least once every other week or so. So. Gosh, um, cool. I'll find something each week that I don't know about Bitcoin and I'll come on and just we'll just ramble. Okay. Sounds yeah. like a plan. Thank you for this. And please tell your friends and family uh about on ramping with D. And it's an avenue for them to kind of clear the fog of not knowing uh what Bitcoin is. Yeah. I'll get my dad on here. How's that sound? Uncle Route? I that mean, will be the kidding. longest. Totally not my uncle. Just a man named Ralph. <laughs> That'll be the longest <laughs> podcast ever. But it would be good. It'd be probably very informative. I think it would be very good. I'd probably yeah. learn something because he schools me every time I talk to him. So, yeah. um, Anyways, can you do me a favor? I can. Can you say, play the outro? Play the outro. Thank you.